Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast, where we help supplement and functional food brands create better products. Today's host is Sandy Almendares, Content Director. Hi, and welcome to a Healthy Insider Podcast. I am Sandy, and I am excited to be on the phone with Amy Summers, who is the owner and president of Pitch Publicity. Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Sandy. Thank you. Amy will be speaking at Supply Side East in Secaucus, covering selecting a spokesperson for your supplement. And we are going to give a bit of a preview of that presentation on this podcast. So Amy launched her company, Pitch Publicity, in 2003, and since then, the firm's publicity campaigns have resulted in billions of media impressions for influential medical doctors, scientists, authors, entrepreneurs, politicians, corporations, nonprofit organizations, and more. Um, She also produces one of the most highly ranked communications flash briefings for Amazon's Alexa Skilled. It's called The Pitch with Amy Summers. That's available on Google Play and iTunes, uh, also Podbean, and I suggest that uh, you tune in if you haven't already. Um, So, Amy, my first question is, when should a brand consider finding a spokesperson for its supplement? I think that the best time to consider finding a spokesperson is when you're ready to tell your story. So first of all, it's, it's really difficult to explain the value behind your brand when there's no one communicating that message. And, um, you know, of course, you could have the owner of the company or a marketing director talk about it. But from a news perspective, that's only good enough for a business story. So, you know, even if I've even had um, companies come to me and say, oh, we have an in-house scientist. Um, and if you do, that's, that's great, but still the public perception is that, of course, this person thinks this supplement is great because they work and get paid by the company. When you use a spokesperson to speak on behalf of your product, the credibility factor goes up from the public perception, even when that spokesperson declares his or her relationship with the company as they should, the consumer is still walking away with that message that, this expert that they trust vetted the product before they got involved. And that's so much different than someone with a CEO or sales and marketing title for your company promoting the product where it's clearly biased. So there is certainly a time when a brand, it wouldn't make sense for a brand to to speak or to seek out a spokesperson. Sure. I mean, because there's only so much you can do without having someone talk on behalf of the, the supplement or the product. You can do some print placements and, you know, maybe get some articles out there or do some interviews that way. But when, when you start getting into broadcast, you know, who, who's going to really speak on behalf of that product? So you you just mentioned broadcast. So how can a brand know the best channel for its influencer or spokesperson? Um, or is it always best to use an omni-channel approach, you know, going, you know, going live on newscasts if you can, or social media and all these different outlets that people can consume information? So the first thing I always um, tell a company to consider is who is their audience and where is their audience getting their information from. So some people will break it down by certain age groups or, you know, women are our audience. So you need to know that. You need to know who is your audience 
And then the other factor is the spokesperson that you're interested in or influencer, what channel do they excel on? You know, are they really popular on Twitter or Instagram or do people really know them who watch PBS <laughs> because they see their PBS special all the time? Like where are they well known? And both are important and you can make general assumptions based on that information as far as where you should target, especially if you ha just have a certain budget you have to think through that. But if you're not sure, I always say it's a good strategy to take your message to multiple channels because media tends to feed off media and you never know where your message might really take off. Plus, a lot of channels are using multiple channels to cross promote content. So for example, a local TV studio in Chicago is going to air that segment online and maybe even on IGTV so people on Instagram could see it. And a podcast you know, can be heard online, but podcasts can also be heard on smart speakers now or through individual apps that people might be using on a daily basis on their phones. So there's a lot of ways to um, hear the content. And so I, I always recommend that if you can do a multi-channel approach, it's better because um, you never know where your hits might come from. Right. That makes sense. So how you, you spoke about having the, the, the spokesperson be in, in the channel that is familiar to with the audience. How big do you recommend the spokespeople be? I mean, how popular, how known? I mean, is it possible to still be effective if um, the first time a, a consumer is coming into contact with the spokesperson is talking about the specific brand? Can that still be an effective method? I definitely think so. I think, you know, a lot of times um, companies are fixated on like finding somebody with so many followers on Twitter or, or they have to have a certain audience to begin with. Um, you have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt because some of these influencers have <laughs> false followings. Um, so their numbers are really inflated and they may or may not tell you that. I'm probably not going to tell you that. And, you know, what is the engagement? Like, for example, I, ha I work with um, a pharmacist and she has about 700 followers on her Facebook page. And 700 doesn't sound like a lot compared to like somebody that, that might have like, you know, a million or something. But her, the 700 people that are paying attention to her are paying attention to her all the time. And they are doing everything that she says. So it's not always how big the number is. It's, it's a lot of times it's what is the quality of their following? And you may not know that until you start working with them and can really see the analytics. Ah, uh, Okay. So does it make sense for brands to have more than one spokesperson or influencer, or does that often dilute the message? I think it's a great idea to use more than one spokesperson or influencer. Um, every influencer has his or her own fan base. So you'll reach other audience segments um, if you're mixing it up. You know, you might have a spokesperson that really appeals more to women or men or mothers or professionals. So um, your message will go further. I also like using different spokespeople because they all have their own approach for delivering the message, which is unique to them. And it makes your product more interesting when different people are talking about it. I think that a disadvantage to sticking to just one spokesperson is that you are risking tying up your product's entire identity into an individual. And then what happens is 
if that person's not available to you at some point in the future or does something scandalous <laughs> that you don't want associated with your brand, um, it, it can be tricky. But if you have more than one spokesperson, um, it shows that many experts are advocates for your supplement. And if one of those experts kind of tanks, you don't tank with them. Really great advice. <laughs> Hi, Duffy Hayes, assistant editor here with a quick interrupt, reminding you that Supply Side East is fast approaching in Secaucus, New Jersey. Go to SupplySideEast.com for more information. Now, back to our podcast. Uh, Supply Side East, you're going to be talking about the influencer assessment test. So what is this? What does it measure? So when we're talking about uh, assessment, you know, there's kind of two parts to it. So I, I have a assessment that I do before I bring on a spokesperson with a company. Typically, it's things that I'm looking for, so I can talk to you a little bit about that. And then after the spokesperson's on board, there's still, you still want to keep assessing what they're doing for you. Um, so initially when I'm looking for a good spokesperson to match up with a supplement or a company, I'm obviously looking for someone who has the proper credentials to discuss the health issues related to that supplement. Cause it has to make sense um, for the media. If they're going to, interview somebody, they have to have the knowledge, but it's not enough that they have the right title. I'm also looking for someone who's entertaining <laughs> and it can be hard to find an entertaining doctor, but they're out there. Um, and by entertaining, I, I mean that they really need to explain complicated subject matters and an easy to understand soundbite, simple. Um, this is why I don't just look at resumes alone. I always want to speak to them because uh, it's just not enough to be smart. You have to be charismatic to engage and interest an audience about the subject matter. And the person needs to have a lot of confidence to do that. If they're camera shy or they don't like talking about themselves, then being an influencer is just excruciating to them. I mean, you'll never get very far. You really want the person that loves the spotlight. That's a good quality to look for. Um, you also have to look the part. So <laughs> we're in the health industry. If you are talking about health, then you have to look like the picture of health. You have to look good. Um, if you're talking about weight loss and you're overweight, it, it sends the wrong message to the public. And the media is really critical too, especially in broadcasts and TV about what a person looks like. A lot of times I get asked to send them a picture before the person's bio. So it's, it is really important. And um, a, big, a big thing that I'm looking for is availability. Media interviews can be at odd times and on short notice. And if your spokesperson has a busy schedule and they can't set aside time for media opportunities, or the amount of time it'll take to create quality and timely social media posts, you could be wasting your money on them, especially if you have them on retainer and they're not available when you need them. It can be an absolute disaster. I, I once had um, booked an interview with the Today Show, and my client's spokesperson doctor just could not make himself available for the opportunity, and we lost it. So a national media outlet like the Today Show is not going to wait on an expert. Um, if they have a story planned, they're going to do it with or without you. And there's always an expert lined up somewhere waiting to be on an opportunity like that. So you really have to make it clear 
and especially when it comes to national press opportunities, uh, which are hard to get, um, that they need to be available to you. And then once that spokesperson kind of passes that initial assessment test and I feel like, okay, so it would be a good match, um, once they get involved with the campaign, it, it doesn't really stop there. It's really important that you're continuing to monitor every interview that they do. So you're listening to their interviews, you're watching them, you're, you're reading their social posts. Um, you want to make sure that they can continue to keep that brand message on point. And I think this is where a lot of people make a mistake, especially if they hire somebody that's highly credible and you know has already done a bunch of media interviews. It doesn't mean that they know your brand message and have that down. And so that's something that you have to continually work with them and monitor. And if you don't, again, you could be wasting a lot of money because you've just hired a spokesperson. They're kind of doing their own thing. If you're not paying attention to it, you could end up with a bunch of media clips that are really more about them or their book and, and your supplements getting taken out of the picture totally. Maybe not intentionally, but because you didn't direct them. And you know, I see a lot of companies uh, making that mistake where they hire a spokesperson and never give feedback, good or bad, on the work that they're doing for them. And I think that some executives probably feel that if they've hired a professional to do a job, that person should just do the job and paying him or her is enough. However, if you positively reinforce to your spokesperson the things you like about their delivery of your brand message, that is only going to charge them up more to do even a better job and being an advocate for your supplement. And if they enjoy working for you and they continue to get that positive reinforcement, they'll probably end up doing a bunch of other type of promotion for you that you're not even paying for because they'll be excited to do it. So spokespeople are people too, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all forget that, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's always my big thing. It's, it's money is, is not what motivates most people. Um, even if you're paying somebody a lot of money, they still want to know, hey, am I doing it right? the right job. I've had very highly credible people in this industry that I've done campaigns with, you know, text me or call me on the side and ask, is the client happy? Because they're not talking to us at all. Um, so it's, it's really disheartening when they put a lot of work into something and they hear nothing. Um, sometimes I'll have to tell them, well, if we hear nothing, <laughs> you must be doing fine. But, you know, for those clients that do, you know, shoot a quick email and say, oh my gosh, that interview was amazing. I really love the way you do this you know, the way you positioned um, the product, you know, when you were talking about it. Um, next time it would be great if you could do X, Y, Z. And that gives them kind of a direction. And if you work with them as you go along, you're going to end up with some really quality stuff for your, for your brand. So you shared that heartbreaking story of when the uh, company lost uh, the national exposure because its influencer doctor was not available. But uh, on the flip side, could you share a, a an anecdote of a successful influencer program that a supplement brand had has either is currently running or is already completed. Sure. And I'll, I'll give you an example that did not involve doctors, pharmacists, or nutritionists, which I work with a ton of those types of experts for a lot of my campaigns. And, and this is, will be helpful for someone to be thinking outside the box on influencers too. I was working with the branded ingredient called Celadrin. It's used in a lot of supplements to reduce joint pain and increase mobility. And my client who owned the ingredient at that time uh, decided to sponsor 
uh, the senior women's basketball team called the Tigerettes. So the Celadron Tigerettes were the only sponsored team in the national senior games, and they became um, the team with the most wins and gold medals in the Senior Olympics. And it was these six Southern women, ages 67 to 77, and they would tell media in interviews that their secret weapon for winning games was Celadren because they would use the, the joint cream or the supplements um, for when they were playing the games. We got them a ton of press, including ABC's uh, World News with Diane Sawyer, and we did get them on the Today Show as well. They, they actually beat the anchors of the Today Show on a full court match on Rockefeller Plaza. So um, in all the media interviews, they were able to show how Celadren worked um, with their performance. So that was a different way to use an influencer. It doesn't always have to be a doctor. Oh my gosh, I love that story so much. It's such a great partnership and it's a story that we all want to hear more about. So that's that's such a great yeah, program and campaign. It's wonderful. Yeah, it hits on it hits on what what's called in news media human interest. So you have experts, but you can also take the approach of a human interest, and that is just a regular person that's benefited from the product. And so here was a perfect example, right? So you had these, these older women that love to play basketball. They grew up playing basketball all these years. And, um, you know, but they're, they're getting older. And so they have aches and pains and they wanted to keep being champions. And this was a very visual way to show how a supplement worked. And it was very smart on my clients' um, behalf to, to think of sponsoring them. And they were so proud of the sponsorship too, because they were the only ones who were sponsored. And so just like any sporting team, I remember specifically on the Today Show, um, I had them all in the green room and this young producer comes up to me like right before the interview. And she said, okay, here's what we're going to put up on the screen. We're going to just call them the Tigerettes because we can't call them. We can't promote any products. And I told her, well, actually, you can't do that. <laughs> she looked at me funny, and she's like, why? I said, because they are the Celadron Tigerettes, and they're a sponsored team. So, you know, if you were interviewing a NASCAR racer, you'd have to say it was the Home Depot car, right? And she said, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> so it was very smart because it was a good way to do it, and, and they got plugged in every time because it was the name of the team, actually. That is great. That is so great. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for joining me today on this podcast. Sure. Thank you for having me. And we're looking absolutely... forward to Supply Side East. I, I do as well. And for those of you who want to attend this must attend session, the title is Selecting a Spokesperson for Your Supplement at our Supply Side East in Secaucus, New Jersey. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Insider podcast, now available on Apple Podcasts or through Google Play. Subscribe now to never miss an episode.